Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Pat Zemer. I'd like to welcome you to the Magnoe Wellness TV program, question and answer sessions dealing with all kinds of information about Magnoe and PEMF and other complementary therapies, how they might be used and how things work with regard uh, to the MagnaWave device and our practitioners and people who utilize the services. With me today is Dr. Alice Maybank. Uh, Dr. Maybank is a veterinarian. She practices in Connecticut and in Florida, and she does both small animal and large animals. Uh, Dr. Alice, thank you for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. And Good. I practice in Texas. Yeah. yeah. Did I, did I say Texas? Florida. You're practicing in Texas right now? Yes. Okay. okay. So if you have a question, simply uh, post it in your chat box to the right of your screen. Uh, Elaine Paul is with us today. Hello, Elaine. Hi. <laughs> and uh, she will be taking a look at the questions and helping us keep the flow moving along. And uh, so we all stay on, on the same page. So uh, shall, how shall I approach you, uh, Dr. Maybank? Can I say Dr. Maybank or should I say Alice? What, is, what do you prefer? Um, I like Dr. Maybank. That, that's perfect. So Dr. Maybank, can you tell us a little bit about how you were first uh, uh, exposed to uh, PEMF, uh, how you became familiar with it, what your questions were, and when you made the decision to uh, involve MagnaWave PEMF with your practice? Well, uh, historically I first uh, tried PEMF in a type of horse boot to be used for distal limb injuries. Um, it didn't work as fast, but it did work well. And um, uh, but several years later, uh, my associate had gone to a conference and came back and said, "Are we ready to get some new equipment? Because I've just found something really interesting." And she says, "PEMF." I said, oh, "Yeah, I've heard about that." But obviously, she was describing a whole new concept and delivery and uh, power. Uh, type of equipment and uh, so we uh, contacted some uh, clinicians, some trained uh, therapists, certified therapists who were doing some horse shows locally and they invited us to come and take a look at what they were doing and we brought a few dogs and they treated them for us and we got treated and we realized that this was just you know whole new package of how you could use PEMF and deliver it and have quick results and amazing results. And so I would say within 48 hours, we had ordered a, our first PEMF machine and it just went from there. Wow. And, and, and I surely what you saw, you mentioned the boot that you used, the results were there, but they were slow. It took exactly. longer to, to achieve those results. How did you feel when you experienced the, the quickness of the result that you would receive with the high voltage PEMF device? I was I was very impressed, and I'm still very impressed. Every time I use the uh, modality, the equipment, I'm always impressed, and uh, I use a lot of things over the years. Do you have an area in your practice uh, that you use it more than, than maybe some other indications? What indication? Let's step. Let's talk small animal for a minute. And then small animal practice. What is your primary use uh, of the device? Well, um, without looking at any uh, printouts and statistics, I would my impression would be that musculoskeletal is where we use it the most. Um, within you know, so pain, weakness, um, most some pain weakness is also neurological problems with either a disc or some other inflammatory process. So we treat. Um, back pain, shoulder pains, back weakness, shoulder weakness, hips, stifles, psoas muscles, and those are with like non-specific diagnoses. In other words, people can come into our practice and schedule to see one of the certified um, physiotherapists and just based on how they feel about their pets and previous veterinary issues and come in and just ask for them to start treatment. And so we use the um, the equipment just to find you know where we need to start our treatment and to put together a treatment plan, which which is very interesting because you're you're, you're applying another lens on your patient. 
rather than just looking at what somebody says you're supposed to do. Um, Can you describe that a little bit more, applying another lens? Well, rather than saying, all right, we've got a disc here, so we're going to take this and we're going to apply the, the, the coils and everything to this place because we've diagnosed that we have a disc or a, an inflamed disc, a intervertebral disc in the back. And you can do it that way. On the other hand, there can be other things or things that contributed to the stresses that caused that disc problem, which of course we're very thorough and try to find out as doctors. But the MagnaWave and the PMF equipment, when you go through the protocols that we're taught in our um, certification, will find those for you. Do you. If you go through the protocol and you go over the whole body and find where your you know that p that pulse is is you know causing some movement and a positive reaction from your patient and you've already uncovered more problems or things that could be contributing to the problem that the client and patient came in for and i think that's i hope i'm making myself clear it's just you when are. we use the equipment we are finding out so much more about the patient even as we're doing our treatments. And, and that's a big area that people kind of sometimes forget, the referred pain or where the point of origination that might be affecting another part of the body. And um, our patients can conceal it or it is so complicated that not all your physical exams and things will pinpoint it, but the PEMF just finds it and treats it. If you just you know, work through the protocol, you can um, you can do so much for your patient and find so many other areas that either caused or because of the problem that everyone's suspecting still needs to be treated. And it's probably one of the other ways that it's so effective. What it's kind of results have you seen with dysplasia in the uh, small animals? Now, by dysplasia, you mean hip pain? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Very good. And of course, um, we're also treating, uh, when, when a patient comes in, we will use um, probably mostly the double small coil over the hips in the craniolateral thigh. We'll also treat the stifles and we'll treat the lower back um, along with that. And of course, if you're treating your whole patient, you are going to be doing this spinal column. We will move the uh, coil around, uh, depending on the size of the patient, which size of the patient, which one we'll use, in what we call the myofascial release pattern, which is much like in the modules, moving that coil around and finding where that patient best receives the uh, pulsed electromagnetic frequency and responds to it comfortably. So if you've started out with five or ten minutes of doing that, you've discovered some other places to treat as well as what is the known area of hips and always treat the knees or the stifles along with the hips as well. Right. So and, and I've noticed Yes, and I've noticed in some of your photographs that I've seen, uh, you've treated rabbits and you've treated cats. Uh, various uh, animals. Do you, what do you see different between the, the various animals that you're treating? They all respond and they all like it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's what I that, that goes without saying, but I, uh, we've <laughs> noticed, uh, for example, cats really, and uh, what I've seen, are attracted to and love to get onto the coil and lay there and spend their day if they if they could and uh, and I noticed there was one photograph that I've seen of you uh, was the the cat treatment not cat but the rabbit treatment for a specific issue um, or just something that you were experimenting with no that was a specific issue but that wasn't my patient and I didn't treat it that's kinda like somebody else's case you know well, that was there which is the beauty of it I my uh, uh, PEMF physiotherapists have their uh, own patients and clients as well and Dr. Matthews will refer to them so I remember seeing that patient come in but um, don't have any uh, 
inside knowledge as to what specifically that one was being treated for. Right, and I want to go to an, another place from that, but I want to encourage our listeners at this point and uh, attendees, of which we have several, uh, if you have a question, simply uh, throw it up in the uh, chat roll there, and we will get it answered for you. And I just wanted to, so don't be afraid to uh, ask a particular question that, that you're thinking about. Uh, to the end of, of people uh, uh, bringing their 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 client your their pets in for you to you to treat them. Do you have a situation at this point where people come back repeatedly and it's easy cared where they can come in and treat the dog's hip or their back uh, weekly or biweekly, whatever the uh, animal needs it? How do you facilitate that particular action in your practice? Well, there are um, two ways that animals will bring the will come to our practice. Either they first come to see a doctor for a problem. Um, that uh, either is, you know, we're there as a first primary care or as consultants for a complicated problem. And uh, we will then refer to or recommend PEMF and get that animal started under our direction. The other way is people may call up and say, I've heard about PEMF through either some of our educational uh, advertisements, so to speak, and communiques or from other veterinarians or friends whose animals have responded and they just say we've seen the doctor and this is what he says it is can we come in and just get get started with PEMF and they can do that and they will come in and each uh, PEMF therapist we have three outside of doctors um, will do an intake and review everything and uh, kind of recommend what can be done if the doctor has not already done it as part of uh, their own case and get started. And we have um, uh, a, a lot of follow-ups because that's easy. You know, it's right. very easy to come in and get one of those appointments. You can see the same person. You can see one of the other people. We do keep some records of past treatments and how they were doing and reports and it's very very well received um, so your your physiotherapist actually do an intake which I would assume would help would help the doctors from the standpoint of they're asking you've designed that so they're asking questions that will show if there's maybe other things that need to be addressed in addition to the PEMF exactly and if they seem to think that there's something they need to ask us about they might just come over and ask us and uh, but I find that they are um, thinking wisely. They're using what they've been taught in their certification. And um, it's convenient, you know, because doctors are there or can be right. called. Mm -hmm. um, so, yes, that's done. But uh, probably the majority of the time they are working um, great great therapy completely uh, in communication with the owner and the history they're given and doing their protocol and seeing how the patient tells you what they need and treating the places that seem to be indicated and treating all those places that the uh, the treatment as you're treating you begin to see where you need to put your um, coil or your treatment and continue going so how much of a role has the PEMF, uh, MagnaWave PEMF played and as you motivate throughout your community or your other doctors or your practitioners motivate throughout the community and people ask questions about what's available for us to treat our dog uh, who may be looking for alternative methods and I know you, you're a lot into the alternative medicine area, how do you do you, do you, are people receptive to this conversation? Does it open the door to conversation? Um, if I understand what you're saying correctly, which is how do people feel about PEMF and the avenues that they can take to get there, I think it's kind of 50-50. There's so many people who still just want to see a doctor first, and then the doctor will say, sure, you know, we think uh, PEMF will be good for you, you know, based on everything else we can do. We think it's a, the best recommendation or integrate it with other things. So I'm... Um, it could be another discussion about how much we integrate PMF with medical treatments and acupuncture treatments and chiropractic treatments. 
or I can answer specific questions. So some people come in that route and other people are just so happy to have easy access to a really healthy modality and they call up and say, I'd like to bring my dog in and see if PE will help them. And, um, they come in, they like the uh, professional presence and expertise of uh, the physiotherapists, they get excellent results, and um, uh, they're very happy with it. And can be that is their access and that is their connection with our center, which is to come in and get PEMF therapy. Um, we have a question. Yes. From Steve. He said, how do you determine efficiency of treatment with animals? Efficacy, I think, is what he means there. Efficacy oh, of treatment. Sorry about that. That's okay. Well, you know, <clears throat> it's all by results, you know, and because um, you can administer a medication or a modality to a human, and even though you're looking at them and you go, well, they're still walking the same way, or they still have a little bit of a cough, or whatever you're observing, they will say, yes, but I feel better. Like, they'll give you the first early indication that whatever you're doing makes them feel better. Um, with animals, it's an, to be objective, it's entirely upon results. However, the people who love these animals and bring them to us, are very insightful and tuned in and, in <clears throat> and, and observe far more subtle changes. And they will just even report, <clears throat> wow, after that treatment, the strained look in its face and the size and laying down comfortably and, you know, they will notice if it's a very painful animal or uh, an animal of, of uh, very significant signs, they'll, they'll tell us first that they believe that their animals are feeling better, their pets are feeling better. Our determination is their reports, but also we are looking for results. So, you know, if they have hip pain and they have trouble getting up and walking, they, that they are getting up more frequently, that they are getting up more efficiently, that they're walking around more and engaging more and their gait, their gait is, is improving. So depending on why they came in, we are looking for the results uh, of having addressed that problem. Very good. I answered that. I mean, but that is the thing of veterinary medicine. It's by observation. You're never asking your patient, how do you feel? Okay. Elaine, uh, do we have another question? Yes. Tina is asking, can this help a dog with a spleen issue? A spleen issue? Yes. yes. Well, if, um, perhaps I can start, Alice. Doctor, excuse me, Doctor Maybank. Um, just from the area of circulation, and improved blood oxygen, oxygen would be of benefit. Mm -hmm. Well, you see, my answer would be my broad answer is, even when we get right back to the uh, the physics of how. PEMF works and what it does on cells and tissue, it will improve function or even um, enhance function of tissue. So if you have a tissue that's diseased or dysfunctional and that's why it's causing the disease, if you treat it appropriately with PEMF, you're going to improve mitochondrial membrane function, cell membrane function, tissue function. And all those things that we talk about, you know, increased oxygenation and circulation, those are all the fruits of improving those tissues and their functionality. And so, yes, I believe that there is an appropriate way to use PEMF to treat the tissues of the spleen. My only thing is, I guess to answer that, it would be exactly what problem in the spleen, because that may modify what else you would recommend. But my reaction is I'm sure it could because the way it works is to improve tissue function at the mitochondrial and cell membrane uh, level and you do that to any tissue and you're helping it out. You're improving its function and its loss of function may be what we see as the disease or if there is a disease that's causing dysfunction you're going to help that tissue back 
to be to be doing its job a whole lot quicker, resisting either infection or toxins or anything, improving immune function, all the things that we know PEMF does. So you can apply it to any tissue and, uh, and help. How you apply it will depend on specifically what you're calling the problem. Thank you, Dr. Maybeck. I have another uh, question from Jennifer. Have you treated dogs with discoid lupus? Do you have a protocol you would recommend if so? You know, I guess if um, I would try it, I would try it whole body and do very um, uh, low frequency, very you know uh, soft impact. I have not, to my knowledge, done enough of the uh, autoimmune diseases to know exactly how I would treat this one and how I would treat another one. Um, I would I would I would start low and slow is how I would go with it. I'd have short um, short treatments at first with uh, low frequency or, or low pulse rate. Uh, do I mean that correct? The softer, a more softer uh, type of pulse. And see well, I, and if I thank you, and and to see just to clarify the way we ad address frequency, a lot of times people will say, so what frequency should I set it on? We are it's a pulsed electromagnetic field, and the mm -hmm. frequency is the speed of the delivery or the intenseness okay. of the delivery is so the how we determine speed frequency. The softer one. Correct. Okay. So. Um, I thank you for clarifying that because we do it intuitively. We all understand internally in my in my practice what we're talking about. So I want to be clear to everyone who is on this uh, webinar, which is I would start something like that, sh uh, short duration, 10 minutes, and I would use one of the faster speeds, um, see how the patient likes it, and do a couple of those, maybe two a week. And after about four treatments, see where, where we're going with it because um, you're talking uh, uh, well autoimmunity is very complicated um, you need to support those tissues get them back to good health but you want to make sure that you uh, are not letting that animal get into any kind of uh, a healing response that would upset the uh, owner I would go very slow and carefully with that. Um, if that person would want to contact me and, and uh, we can stay in communication and maybe start sharing information as I, we see more of these cases, I'd be glad to do that. But I haven't got any personal experience uh, in the numbers where I think I can say I know a protocol for that. Right, but the, the fact that we can approach the tissue is very beneficial, and thank you. Uh, we, perhaps we can set some way that we can uh, easily have communication if somebody wants to do that, that will further the research for all of us. Right, and what I would tell the owner is, yes, I do believe PMF can help you. Uh, we're going to start slow, you know, and easy, and uh, not rush it, and, um, and that's the way I, you know, I would approach it. You know, I don't have, like, a specific, oh, I know what that is, and this is how I'm going to treat it. I would just gently t treat the tissues and watch my response, and um, from there you may see that you could go stronger, or you may want to um, do more treatments closer together or spread them out. Um, and, and the thing that we accomplished there, just so everyone understands, the, the protocol, uh, I used to read the label on the aspirin bottle, and it would say, if you, if you have a headache, take two aspirin and rest for 30 minutes. If you have a sore throat, take two aspirin and rest for 30 minutes. If you have a sore back, take two aspirin and rest for 30 minutes. So often, the protocols are very simple. The key is to pay attention to what's happening. To start low and slow is always good. And then you can, you can increase a little bit as you go along, but the protocol is basically the same. Keep it comfortable. Do it for a period of time that you can just know that you've got something you're going to be able to read, and then watch and see what happens. The protocol is very universal from that perspective, and then you learn, as Dr. Maybank pointed out, we can go a little higher. We can go a little more often. Um, I have another question. Mm -hmm. Steve says... Um, 
Is it more difficult to use the magma, MagnaWave with small pets versus larger ones? Steve is a um, uses the MagnaWave at home. Would like to use the MagnaWave at home and maybe treating his small pets and larger ones. Do you have any um, advice on using with both different size pets and how you treat maybe the rabbit compared to a dog? Well, you know. Any small animal, you can just place them in the middle of the uh, large coil, and they, uh, you are doing a nice treatment of the whole body, and they enjoy it. Uh, they learn about it. And for a lot of our kitty cats, that's all they will let us do. In fact, some of our kitty cats who um, don't want to let us know how much they like it, we will actually, if they're in a kitty cat carrier, just put that on top of the coil and, and treat. And we've had amazing results just doing that. Um, uh, in past seminars, we've talked about certain heart diseases resolving with uh, PEMF. And we have one case of cardiology specialist diagnosed hypertrophic cardiomyopathy in a cat for which there are very, you know, we have treatments, palliative treatments, supportive treatments, but there are no cures. And this is one of the hardest uh, cardiac diseases to treat in, in cats or even to manage. And um, it went in for its regular follow-ups, and they found no sign of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy in this kitty cat. Um, so amazing things can happen with as small of an approach as that, but we tend to think that they would be afraid of other coils applied to their body, and you saw the rabbit with a uh, butterfly coil around it. Um, I have found that a lot of these kitty cats love having you uh, do more uh, once they've been uh, introduced to being uh, just sitting in the middle of the large coil, and they're receiving this to... Uh, get out that butterfly and the double coil or the uh, zoom paddle and trying to find some specific areas. Uh, move it along their backs and see if they really like it in some area of their back and start moving it around uh, using more specific and moving um, use of your coils and uh, treatment sites. So they are a little harder because if uh, a small animal has a hurt knee, it's very hard to get what we have so far around it. And so we rely on uh, generalized treatment, but uh, go for it. You know, I find that they're very tolerant of being moved around and have that coil placed as best you can over uh, an area that hurts. If I may expound on that just a little bit, a lot of folks have a have a, a question. If we treat a horse and we turn this up a little bit on the horse, and surely to God that would be too much for a small animal. And the reality of it is, it's not necessarily too much for a small animal. The mm -hmm. the fact that you're thinking of it small, meaning it has to be a very light dosage, is not necessarily the case. You will know if you're treating a small animal. If it's too much, they will not allow you to do it. They will move away. They will be very uncomfortable. And so comfort is the key. But if you're treating a a knee on a dog or a foot on a dog, you could probably turn that in many cases as high as you would treat to turn it up on a horse's foot. You have to be very open-minded. You're, you know, I never, I always make sure my, I'm dialed way down, whether I'm approaching a horse or a small animal, and I bring it up. Um, and probably the levels that I use it are pretty similar. I, I would say the only, the highest thing ever would be when I'm down right around the foot on a horse, you know, you've got that cranked up, and I don't think I've ever had a small animal at that um, slow speed, but I will just, uh, what something we have all realized within uh, Frontier Wellness Center is lots of times we think animals are moving away, but they're actually moving something towards the coil. Right. We've had to go, oh! That's what you want, you know, and I find that with horses too. They start moving around and they're trying to get what they want underneath, you know, your hands for treatment. So always have that open mind. Are they moving away or are they moving towards me? And uh, be ready to give what they're, they're indicating. Right. And, and that's true. I so often we have that in horses, and we need to discuss horses a little bit. But you know, are they walking? If they're going to walk away, you'll know they're walking away. If they're going to right. walk around, that's okay. We right. have several more questions uh, coming in. 
Tina would uh, like to know, could or has the MagnaWave ever helped with seizures in dogs? Well, we did on your very, I think it was the first seminar, uh, webinar in this series, we heard from the manufacturer saying, strongly recommend don't treat seizures because it is, um, you know, you're putting yourself into a... Uh, uh, at risk. At risk, yeah. Some type of liability, whether it's true or not. So that being said, it should be repeated. However, we've not found, you know, we want to be careful and we will continue to be careful, but we have found PEMF to help support a lot of these seizure patients. But um, again, I, I guess I don't want to expand too much because I wouldn't want to walk anybody else into uh, risk. We have found that it is helpful. It helps tissues. So if you use it appropriately, you are going to support those tissues. They are going to function better. Um, uh, a lot of these animals are on medications. And I guess I would at this point say uh, most medications are one time a day or twice a day. Uh, there are three and four times a day medications, whether it's antibiotics or seizure medications, but usually for compliance sake, uh, most uh, clinicians will pick something that it doesn't have to be given so often. So if it's a once a day treatment, we schedule people to be at you know, if you're treating in the morning, we want to see you later in the day. If you treat twice a day, we want to see you in the middle of the day. And that is just our precaution because if we're at that point, we're probably not going to, um, you know, just by absorption rates, um, be causing a, a too fast of an absorption across cell membranes into tissues. So we're very careful on that about what's the medication. We get animals who have not been on a medication and use it, and they avoid medication. So I want to give the modality it's due and say it has a place for seizure patients. The other side of it is it's a risky place to go. Yes, and, and I think what everybody, what Dr. Maybank is saying, and what Michael said a few weeks ago, to make a statement if someone says, will this work with my dog seizures? Oh, absolutely, this is spectacular. You, you, you just you want to be careful there, and if you do approach a, uh, a, a small animal with a seizure, you want to be, as Dr. Maybank points out, cautious when you're doing it around the medication and so forth. Um, I have another question from Steve. He said, I understand the device works on physical problems. Does it also have a place in treating immunity problems like feline AIDS? I imagine it does, but we've not used it as such. At this point, I can't speak from experience to say, yeah, we, we use this and we see, you know, certain release, relief from symptoms or um, need for medications, supportive medications. Um, to my knowledge, or at least none of my, I have not treated a patient for the diagnosis of feline AIDS. Can't, can't respond. So and and it's a tough one uh, to approach. Um, the only thing that I would think is, and I've said this before, and that is good oxygenated blood, good healthy blood flow, white blood cells can do a lot of good things. And so, as I as uh, Dr. Maybank points out, it's very difficult not having treated any condition like that. But it's a very good question. Well, my answer is, I'm sure you'll make that cat feel better. If that person wants to know if you're going to cure feline AIDS, I can't say that, and I wouldn't want to say that. It would take a lot to prove that. But do I think it would help that individual? Yes, it would. Like it would help any other because you are improving tissue function. If you're improving tissue function throughout the body, that animal's going to thrive and do better. Um, Excellent I, answer, Dr. Maybach. Thank you. I kind of wanted to get to um, the horse side of your business in Texas and kind of wanted to ask you, what has been the most surprising results that you've found from using a PEMF therapy with horses? Has there been any cases that stick out in your mind as um, that really took you by surprise? You know, I will just first say we have had um, success in reining horses that needed repeated hock injections to be able to perform as well or better because we're treating the whole horse. 
probably as well as the hocks. And I've used this <clears throat> on sore hips and horses and backs. So the gambit. But if you're asking me what stands out in my mind is, well, I'll say knees, but that's actually the carpus, what some people will call the front knee. And it doesn't matter whether it's an older horse with a slab fracture and horrible arthritis, or a young horse with carpal deviation, a young horse with physitis uh, uh, after uh, surgery on their carpuses or knees, if that's easier to say. I would just say limb, front limb problems involving the knee or uh, deviations of the limb, it's just astounded me. Uh, uh, I would always, uh, in the, I've had um, yearling colts with um, the limb deviations were, and uh, been able to bring those around without surgery. There was one case of a colt where there was an overcorrection after surgery and brought that right back again. And I don't mean eight weeks of stall rest and coming in every other day. I mean the owner calling me up and saying, can this be looking better already after one treatment? Now, it's not resolved. You know, what I'm saying is I'm not telling you, and it's cured, but I am just saying beyond anyone's reasonable expectations, it has so far astounded us. And um, I know a few people have posted about uh, foals with limb deformities. I would get right on those, and I, cause, especially because foals grow so fast. And the important part is you have to treat above and below the joint and the whole body because all those muscles are also interacting and out of balance and contributing to any uh, limb deformities or deviations. But whew, that stands out in my, in my use is uh, extraordinary. Excellent, excellent response. Uh, thank you very much, Dr. Maybank. Uh, we are running, we're not out of time, certainly, but uh, Dr. Maybank does have some appointments that she's going to need to get to uh, promptly at the end of the program. So if you do have a question, uh, please put it in the uh, chat box at this point, and uh, we will do our best to get it answered and uh, come along with that. Speaking about foals, uh, Dr. Maybank, we had a uh, in Kentucky just last year at one of the larger thoroughbred farms. We had uh, a very valuable foal that basically was uh, up and moving around well and was playing in the uh, in the paddock and flipped and hit its head on the fence. Mm -hmm. And they called me. They tried to get the local practitioners in Lexington and they were all out and busy. And so they called me in Louisville and they said, "This is what's happened. What do you think?" And I said, "Well, we need to treat it." And uh, so I ran from Louisville to Lexington. I got there. The, the foal was just laying in the, in the stall with its eyes rolling back in its head and very listless and very little movement. And the vet was on his way, and he was afraid they were going to have to put it down. They cleared the use of the device uh, with the veterinarian. And so I went and treated the neck, the, the torso, and the right on the head of the horse where he flipped over and hit very low on the head. I treated the neck and the, and the shoulders a little more aggressively, but again, it was a, a young horse. And in 15 minutes, the horse's eyes were focusing and keeping and watching what was going on, attempting to raise his head just a little bit. And within two days, two or three days, the horse was up. Still not sure on its legs, but up and uh, over time, the other practitioners got in there and treated it regularly, and the horse recovered completely. And probably, yes, I, I marvel and can think of all the pathways that benefited to get, to get that foal rescued from what was probably um, a lot of tissue swelling that could have well, would have been life-threatening. And medically, I don't know that we could have fixed that any faster than what PEMF did. Yeah, it, it was exciting, and uh, I was a hero for a day. <laughs> it was, it was a lot of fun. It's all horse owners give you. You're, That's yeah. right. You're only That's as good right. as your next, uh, you know, your next treatment plan. So. That's right, till the, next, till the next time they tell you they're lame. So uh, coming to horses, uh, areas, uh, the hock is an area that, that a lot of people question and, you know, how, how do we approach it? How do we tell it's there? How do you feel about the, the, the area of the hock? Well, um, 
from all my uh, experience, you know, a hock can be confirmation and overuse, or it could be secondary to some other problem. Um, uh, when I've gone out, when I've been called out so far, is they've already been diagnosed by other veterinarians and they've been treated and. Uh, by either injections with steroids or hyaluronic acid or both, or acupuncture, which of course is a good medicine, and I do that. Um, but I find that uh, the the hawks that I've treated have responded very well, and I spend uh, these I spend a lot of time on. You know, they are. Um, you know, I go through, I open the horse up, I check the whole body. Um, sometimes before I go in, I'll do a hot flexion and see what else I, I might think about it. But um, then I, I use uh, the double coil, and I go all around that hock. I go all around the leg. Um, uh, I usually do a pattern. I'll start proximally right up uh, uh, under the stifle, right up in the groin, and I go from one side to the other across the... the the rostral edge of the leg or the cranial ed edge of the leg, I go back and forth, down, do a weaving pattern, back and forth, up, do that for a while, just open up all the circulation, get all those muscles comfortable, anything that's been tense or spasmed, just let it receive some treatment. And then I will, um, again, I use the butterfly coil or the, the double coil, and I'll hold it on the... Uh, front side of the hock over the back side. I'll put it medial and lateral. I'll butterfly it around and I'll give that a good 10-minute treatment just moving that around all over. And of course if it's both hocks, well you're spending some time, but it's also um, a real practice builder, so it's worth the time. Um, I don't know whether uh, you know, anyone would, uh, you know, I even try to make sure if I've just been invited in to do the PEMF that I'm not too overly uh, uh, involved in trying to change shoeing or anything else, but if something stands out to me, I might mention that. But I think that um, for a lot of these chronic courses, it is a great alternative um, to having repeated uh, hock injections, at least in my experience. Great. Thank you very much. I have one more question. Um, Becky would like to know, what about treating cartilage damage in the stifles? Of a horse? Yes. Okay. I'm assuming because we're talking about horses and she just asked it. Okay. Well, I treat a lot of undiagnosed stifles when I'm asked to come out and see a low back problem or a hock problem. So lots of times I'm treating a stifle no one has really asked me to come out and treat. Uh, but I will, so I'm evaluating it with everything else I've been asked to come out and do. And I think that it is very, very helpful with stifles, just like it's very helpful with stifles in small animals. Um, I will tell you how I treat them, and it's um, up to you if you can do it. I find that lots of times the the stifle hurts and has a problem and may have torn up some cartilage, but what's aggravating it is the imbalance of the hamstrings and the quadriceps and the adductors and the abductors in connection with the hip. So I treat the hip even on the horse. I'm, I'm not going to talk about the whole horse. That's understood. I will treat the hip and find areas all around the hip that may take up the uh, the the pulsed field and treat them appropriately, go down the lateral leg. I will put it all around what would be the uh, distal femur and the patella and the proximal tibia, which of course that all together that is the stifle joint. And I will hold the double coil medially, you know, to the inside. And I'll admit you don't have a lot of space and you've got to hope you have a good horse and you introduce them uh, to it so that they accept it. Um, I don't know, I, I, I tend to just go confidently and they let me do it, but you have to use your own um, confidence in this. And I hold that double coil on the inside at the insert, uh, of the stifle, on the outside, over the patella. But then I'll also take that double coil and I will hold it as high up and on the inside of that thigh as I can. And you will usually find 
those muscles are going to move and that horse loves it. And I treat that whole medial thigh and then if I have the time and a nice horse, I'll get a large coil and I'll wrap it back to front around the strap muscles and treat there as well. And you also have to remember to treat behind the stifle. It's very important in acupuncture to do that. You get a lot of swelling behind the stifle and the fat pad. There's a fat pad behind that joint. And you want to make sure that you uh, also put your coils over that to help that um, either rehydrate or, you know, lose some of the swelling, whatever the case needs to be for that. So you do, I understand the point is to treat the cartilage and help it heal, but if something's continually damaging that cartilage, you're kind of not going to get so far. Not my short answer. I'm sorry. No, that, oh. was, that was wonderful. Perfect answer. Um, I have another question. Uh, Jennifer would like to know, does the magnoid speed hawk fusing or relieve the associated pain? You know, uh, um, you know, to fuse a hawk, you're this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to use some vernacular and quick terms. When we've ever talked about fusing a hawk, you have several joints in the hawk. If they're all reactive, they hurt. So if you let them just sclerose down and they're no longer reactive, they don't hurt, and yet you still have a functional hawk. So I cannot give an experiential, you know, uh, answer, but my feeling would be um, it would not because it would want to heal those tissues. It, do, do you know what I mean? Like MagnaWave heals. It doesn't destroy. And when you're talking about fusing down those hocks, you're really destroying the, uh, you know, the central joint there and the cartilage and the joint space when you're trying to fuse a hock. But, again, I am speaking off the cuff. I have no experience. What do you feel about that, Pat? I, I don't know. Well, we've always approached it that, that by virtue of what it's doing, mm -hmm. if, if they're wanting to uh, get there, but you're exactly right. We are more of an inflammation reduction and healing promoting device mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to something that is going to fuse something that we want to take away some some issue from. So You're it's, trying to break uh, down a joint space with fusion, and that's kind of doesn't right. matter. I don't see PMF I I can say that we've had people with, with troubled hocks, and they start talking a lot of things, and we treat them, and the, old, the end result is what they want. Now, if right. they actually accomplished what they were talking about, I don't know, but the end result was a good functioning hock. Everybody was happy. Right, which is my point, but they're asking, would, it, would a hasten fusing that joint? And I, I don't know. I wouldn't, you know, I, I don't know that it would do that. Probably the horse would get better and like it, but, you know, radiographically, I don't know what change, you might look for changes and to see whether it fused the hock or not. So what I will do just from the standpoint is I'll kind of throw that out to some of our other folks who maybe have had more experience with that and bring some answers back for the community. They may even have radiographic evidence because usually if you, the decision to fuse a hawk is based on, well, I think we're better fusing this rather than trying to heal it. So someone may have even some radiographic um, pre and post to uh, seal the deal on that. To the second part of her question, it will certainly go a long way to relieve the associated pain with the Absolutely. issue. Absolutely. Absolutely. Allow me to ask you one more question, uh, Dr. Maybank, because we are getting close on the time that you have available for us today. Uh, you talked about acupuncture as a complementary uh, 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 modality to the MagnaWave. Uh, I just will share quickly, I one time in a racehorse born in Florida, we're treating all the horses and the, the trainer has us treat this horse, this horse, this horse, this horse, then we're leaving that morning and he says, I've got the acupuncturist coming this afternoon to check some of these horses. The acupuncturist got there and we had opened a lot of the points that he was maybe looking for and that became a little bit of an issue. So how have you, it wasn't a problem, but he, we didn't expect him come and so we did open some of those points. Uh, how do you use the MagnaWave along with your uh, acupuncture in your practice? That's kind of an uncomfortable question. Oh, never mind. Because, Let's just... <laughs> um, but I'll speak from the heart and be honest. I find I don't need to do as much acupuncture. 
acupuncture is an excellent modality and if you know the electricity and the grid goes down I am so glad I can heal with acupuncture and I can heal with my hands but um, and I still do it I, I find that sometimes I do a lot of PEMF and I go back and do an acupuncture treatment either before after or instead of a PEMF and we get some enhancement but that I believe that that is also due to the fact that it's always nice to switch modalities you know it's it's like you know rotating the tires or something a fresh approach is always good but um, uh, I love acupuncture <laughs> it's great medicine but I but do you're actually you're actually doing acupuncture with your MagnaWave as well exactly and what I'm just saying is I find that the MagnaWave is a deeper faster a magnificent tool Okay. And I am affecting all those same points. So I don't think it's contraindicated. I do use it with it at certain times. It's always refreshing to change modalities a little. But um, I even do less chiropractic if I do the PEMF first. And it makes the chiropractic easier in some cases because exactly. they're more limber. Right, exactly. So it makes our jobs easier. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, uh, we're just about out of time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining us today, Dr. Maybank. It has been wonderful to have you with us, and I look forward to Good having another, conver another conversation to this end at another time. So, uh, uh, Dr. Maybank, any closing thoughts? Just uh, go out and do good work because you've got the tool to do it. It's just wonderful. I'm very enthusiastic about this modality. It's a game changer. Thank you very much, Dr. Maybank. And again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Elaine, you did an excellent job keeping us on task, mm -hmm. and we certainly appreciate that. So, ladies and gentlemen, next Tuesday, 1 o'clock Eastern, we'll have another guest and uh, more questions and answers, and we'll have Dr. Maybank again soon, I'm sure. So thank you very much, everyone. Have a great day. Ride the wave. Bye-bye.